All right, good morning, everybody. It is Pastor Paul here behind the microphone, and it is Wednesday morning. Let's check the date, November 10th, 2021. Where has 2021 gone? It's rapidly evaporating and disappearing. But what is not rapidly evaporating and disappearing is this time here on weekday mornings we call our Pastoral Devo. Uh, Romans Rewind is our subject matter of the season. We're tracking with the sermon series through the Book of Romans that we're doing on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. And we're using these 10 or 15 minutes on every weekday at 8 a.m. to look at different theological issues or um, points of contention or questions or other nuances in the text that maybe we didn't get to on that Sunday, or maybe we just didn't have time, or just something that is maybe peripheral to the passage, but yet still really important. And so we're unpacking Romans as we go along here. So we're through Romans chapter four, and um, we talked about this. Oh, by the way, if you have a question, and some of you have been doing this, about anything we talk about, uh, anything you want me to discuss related to Romans, um, paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. Now, the last Monday, I think, yesterday we talked um, about Abraham's faith, and how could he still be called faithful even after being a, a complete screw up for much of his life? Well, we're going to go back to something we were talking about Monday, and that is this idea of God's kingdom, the world, and how Abraham, it was through his line that the nations were to be blessed and, and the world um, is being sort of the mission field uh, and the ultimate fulfillment and culmination of the promises made to Abraham. I want to go back and read that text because I want to say a little bit more about this because that's, that's a pretty big concept, okay, when we talk about the kingdom of God. But go back to Romans 4.13 and, and listen again as I'm reading this passage, all the different times the word world or nations are used, okay, and then we'll talk about the significance of this. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, as it is written I have made you the father of many nations." In the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as has been told, so shall your offspring be. So what we find all throughout the Bible is that God is doing two things simultaneously, and we see those two things here in this text, okay? One thing that God is doing is that he is raising up um, a seed. He is raising up a Messiah, a Savior, um, through the line of promise, and that this person, this Savior, is going to save the people from their sins. Um, this begins all the way back in Genesis 3.15. It's carried as a theme all the way through um, the Old Testament, and then even in the New Testament, Remember where Jesus um, is, it says very clearly, I came to seek and save that which was lost. And so you have this one huge theme of God gathering all his people together, remember tongue, tribe, and nation, and saving them through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
But there's also a second thing that God is doing parallel to this, and it's not, it isn't right to say it's different, okay? But it's distinct in that, in that there's overlap with this first mission of gathering of people to himself, but it's not identically the same thing. And that's this idea that God is establishing his kingdom here on earth, okay? So what does Jesus teach his disciples to pray? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all throughout the Old Testament, this, this is pointed to as the day of the Lord, that the day that um, the Messiah will come, that God will judge the nations, and that God will bring shalom to the earth. He will fix what is wrong, mend what is broken. Um, he will set up his kingdom. And remember, this isn't a matter of us dying and going to a distant place called heaven. Revelation 21 says it's more a point of matter of the, the, king, the, the, the kingdom of heaven coming and joining the kingdom of earth, right? So, so these two spheres in for eternity will be melded together. There'll be a new heavens and a new earth where Jesus will be sitting on the throne as the king. Now, what we see here in this text in Romans 4 is, again, God or Paul pointing us, God through Paul pointing us towards this reality as well. God's gathering up a people, but through it, he's wanting to bless the world. Through it, he's wanting to establish shalom. Through it, he is wanting to uh, establish his kingdom. And remember, when we say kingdom, we mean not so much a physical kingdom, although one day Jesus will physically rule. What we do mean is this idea of, of kingdom values or God's rule and reign being extended into every area and every nook and cranny of life. And so as believers, what this means for us is that we want to be concerned, number one, yes, with being reconciled to God and preaching the gospel um, and calling um, people to believe and repent and trust in Jesus Christ. Well, at the same time, we want to be on mission with our lives. We want to live God-glorifying lives in whatever sphere God has called us to do, called us to be, knowing that as we do it, God will use our righteousness, our righteous acts, our witness to build his kingdom here on earth, as it, we pray it would be in heaven. It's never going to be perfect, far from it. But there's always this sense, because we are embodied beings living um, real physical lives here on earth, that what we do matters and that whatever we do, we do all for the glory of God. We do all for from the perspective of God, use what I'm doing now um, to build your kingdom, right? To establish uh, kingdom values. And, and one area that we see this um, prominently, Jesus teaching on, is the Sermon on the Mount, right? And so what is Jesus doing there? He's gathering his disciples together, um, those who are called out, saved, elected. And he is telling them then, how they should live as members of the kingdom of God, how are their lives to be distinct, okay, from other people on earth who don't know God? How does this affect their money? How does it affect their giving? How does it affect their, their, their anxiety? How does it, how does it um, shape the way they pray? How does it shape the way they practice the spiritual disciplines? Um, how does this shape the way they interact with their neighbor? On and on and on. These are all glances in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is saying, here, here are the values of the kingdom, and they are contrary to the values of this world. And as you are going forth proclaiming the gospel and living out the kingdom, I use this to gather a people to myself 
and to, and to build my kingdom, which will one day be made perfect when heaven and earth come together. That's, that's the idea. And that's what Romans 4 is also pointing to. Now, we read a passage a couple days ago. I want to go, go back to this passage because it does show how remarkably, um, how, how, how this is forecasted from the very start in the Old Testament. It was one of the things that the Jews missed in terms of the Messiah and their attitudes toward Gentiles. But it's plainly here, God's heart for the nations. So let's look then at Isaiah 19. And we read this passage a couple days ago, but listen to how even from the earliest times of the history of the people of God, God was forecasting that he was going to be building his kingdom among all nations. Okay, look, verse 19 of um, Isaiah 19. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. When they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a savior and defender and deliver them. And the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day and worship with sacrifice and offering, and they will make vows to the Lord and perform them. I want you to think about that for a second. Here is Egypt, arch enemy of Israel. But Isaiah is prophesying that, that one day on the day of the Lord, that even the Egyptians, and it's a, it's, it's a metaphor for the idea that even those who had once been previously enemies of God, and see, of course, the Israelites would have identified the enemies of God very clearly with the Egyptians, right? And what Isaiah is saying is that, but in that day, God is going to gather up a people and build his kingdom from all the nations of the earth, all the peoples of the world, even pagan places like Egypt. God's shalom will be established even there. And again, this is getting us to remember that what God is doing is huge. What God is doing spans not just years and decades, but centuries and thousands of years. And his plan, again, is to bring a people to himself and to build his kingdom um, wherever his people are. And one day that will be made perfect in the perfect kingdom with Christ the ruler as he ushers in Shalom, um, where, where he will gather up people from every tongue, tribe, and nation who will worship him. In the meantime, we live lives on mission. We proclaim the gospel, we live out the values of the kingdom, and we pray that God will build his kingdom and that he ultimately will come quickly, right, and establish his reign and rule here on earth. Okay, so that is um, our third little lesson here from this passage in Romans. We will pick things back up tomorrow. That will be um, Thursday. But thanks for joining us this morning. Let me pray. Father, please bless us as we go out from here. Lord, remind us that we have been called to live on mission for your kingdom and all that we do, proclaiming the gospel, living out um, the values of being God's people. And Lord, we ask that your help for your help in doing this.